you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Man, I am glad to be here. We got a great show tonight. Great show. Yes. Gonna talk Packers Titans last night. Yeah, that was a tough loss, but it was a fun three days talking about that win over the Cowboys. I regret nothing. I regret none of my excitement. We're gonna talk about last night's game. Perry Goldstein is here. Packs what she said. Yes. Outstanding guest. So we're gonna talk to her at some point between six o'clock. Man, it was a busy week. Millions of things going on this week. Stressful week for concert goers. Let's start there. Taylor Swift tickets went on sale for her upcoming tour in the pre-sale. Fans often found themselves sitting in the queue for eight or nine hours on end waiting to purchase tickets. Ticketmaster released a statement yesterday announcing that due to extraordinarily high demands on ticketing systems and insufficient remaining ticket inventory to meet that demand, tomorrow's public on sale for Taylor Swift, the Eras Tour, has been canceled. Man, unexpected demand. I, I hear the same thing from Brian Gutekunst every time he tries to acquire someone. Man, it's like, I didn't know other teams were going to be trying. I, I thought we were the only ones. I, we, were, we wanted to draft Justin Jefferson. I, I just didn't expect any other team to be interested in the good players. Well, let's talk about politics for a moment. Donald Trump announced on Monday night that he will be running for president of the United States in 2024. Now, reaction was mixed, especially from cable news networks, with even the conservative Fox News cutting away from his speech. Reminds me of last August when the Brewers got so bad that Bally Sports actually cut away from their game. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's just because the Bally Sports app is terrible. Not quite the same thing. I don't know if that was intentional. But I don't think that was on purpose. And lastly, I don't know if you saw this, but last night, society feared the worst for Twitter as a social media giant owned by Elon Musk endured sweeping, sweeping resignations from some of the company's most important engineers. Meanwhile, all I can think about is in Madison, I can only assume Chris McIntosh, the athletic director, is also a big Elon Musk guy. Because by not naming Jim Leonard permanent head coach, another high-level recruit resigns from his program every day. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. Man, the, the light start to the show. Little humor. I think we really need that tonight because last night sucked. That was such a bummer. Also, don't listen to me on Packers predictions. You're probably listening like, yeah, no kidding. Don't listen to you. We haven't listened to you in weeks. I don't think I've been correct about how a Packers game is going to go since the Tampa Bay game. Was maybe the last time I really got one of these games read correctly. I just, I keep believing in this team. I keep buying in. It's like Rodgers is better than this. The defense has more talent than this. They're not a team that loses five in a row. They'll handle the, the Titans at home. This is their week. It was not their week. And I think we need a little humor to start the show, a little lightness, a little brevity, because that was depressing. And the Packers season is not officially over, not mathematically over, but effectively over, because they're going to have to win every game remaining. And then still, what are they going, nine and seven, 10 and seven? Still not great. And they're not winning out. There's no way. They lost five in a row to some of the poorer teams in the NFC. Lost to the Giants. They blew it. Blew a multi-touchdown lead to the Giants in London in the second half. And I know the Giants have been winning games, but 
That team is not good. It's not good. The Packers are not good, folks. So we got to talk about that. But it was nice to start the show with some humor before we get into some more serious conversation. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. The Green Bay Packers are 4-7. and seven. They lose last night to the Titans, 27-17. And it was a game that felt winnable against an opponent that felt beatable in a situation that was advantageous to the Packers. All those things we talked about on yesterday's show and on Wednesday's show, and it just didn't play out like we thought it would or should. I expected the Packers to win tonight. Vegas expected the Packers to win the other night. Last night, tonight, tomorrow night, whatever, season's over. Thursday night, Sunday night, Saturday night live, it doesn't matter. Season's over, and we're talking about it tonight, 608 796-2558 796-2558 if you want to call and text the show. And you can find me on Twitter as well, at Wisco Grant. And also, I, honestly, I got to do a better job promoting the Facebook page because I bet we have a lot of listeners that aren't on Twitter and I just neglect Facebook. There is a Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills page on Facebook. So go like it. And I'm really, I say this all the time. I really mean it. It is my end of the year. It's my holiday resolution and my 2023 resolution to really post all the show content on Facebook. Because on Twitter, I'm posting clips and I'm posting, th- why am Why am I not posting that on Facebook? I need to be better. That's on me. So if you're not on Twitter, but you're on Facebook and you want show content and you want to interact with other listeners, I'm really going to make a conscious effort to post content on Facebook. And I know there's some of you listening right now that have listened for a while. You're like, oh, (laughs) we're doing this again? (laughs) So it's this time of year, huh, Grant? This is the time you're going to, I got it. All right. So now you're, no, I mean it this time. Uh, We're finally going to get some of the content on, on the Facebook page. So normally I think very hard about the beginning of a show. Very meticulous, very scripted. And I love Colin Cowherd. I love a good opening rant and a good analogy. You know me. There's fewer things I love more than a good analogy. However, on days like today, I like speaking from the heart. A little more extemporaneous, a little more unscripted. Maybe I write a few things down, but I, I like to call it the youth pastor approach. And I'm actually, I'm going to physically embody this approach because I'm going to get out of my chair and I'm going to turn it backwards as to be more approachable. Rest my arms on my chair back, and, and we're going to talk like this. I think this is more genuine, talking about a Packers loss and a Packers season gone off the rails. As we chunk this game out piece by piece, and I want to talk about the defense, the offense, Rodgers, LaFleur, I think last night, and we talked about this, I think last night was a big Matt LaFleur moment. So for that reason, I want to end with him. I want to end our conversation with Matt LaFleur because I think this game falls at his feet more than anyone else. And we talked about this the last couple of days. This isn't out of nowhere. I put a lot on Matt LaFleur throughout the week, and it just didn't pan out last night. So we're going to end up with Matt LaFleur. I want to finish with him. I want to start with Aaron Rodgers. I actually think 90% of his game last night was really good. And I think that thumb is bothering him. And he made some great throws and some great plays. And I think, again, 90% of the game was really, really good. The play action felt like it did against the Cowboys on Sunday. Really good. This is a really good play action team when they run it, which last night felt like they didn't run it enough. I thought Watson and Cobb were both playing the roles that we envisioned for them yesterday when we were previewing this game. It's like Watson's your man beater, Cobb's your security blanket, your nifty knifing wide receiver that's underneath. Now, Sammy Watkins is another story. He's trash. More Samari Toure, please. Aaron Rodgers made a bunch of great throws when he was allowed to pass against a secondary that certainly wasn't on the same level as the run defense, which they loved lighting plays on fire, giving the ball to A.J. Dillon and letting him run headfirst into that defensive line. About Rodgers for this game, 90% of it was really, really good. The problem was Rodgers had his two worst throws of the night on probably the two biggest plays of the night, both third downs when they're trying to come back in the fourth quarter. And also, 
the fourth down throw to Alan Lazard on fourth and three was tough, too. That, that's a tough play for me. Just putting one up on the pulley. Buddy, you need three yards. It's a lot easier to make a, a completion underneath than be on the same page and do a little little tuck and a nod and a wink and a nod and a point and a jab to Lazard, like 30 yards down the field. What are you doing, man? It's fourth and three. So I'll defend Rodgers a lot on last night. I thought 90% of his game was fantastic. The problem was he had two or three tough moments, as most quarterbacks do throughout the course of the game, and it is so emblematic of the season. Those two or three bad throws came at the absolute worst time. Big picture issue with this team, and it's bigger than Rodgers. This team's timing sucks. This team has the worst timing, I swear. Let's talk about the defense. The defense is a big part of this team's timing because defense is a big part of complimentary football. When we talk about complimentary football, one phase complementing another. Well, the defense isn't complimenting anything. They held Derrick Henry to 28 carries, 87 yards. That's really good. Who would have taken that? That's expected, right? Most teams are running for 85, 100 yards game. Power is really effective right now. Counter, power, physical running games are succeeding in the NFL. And most teams are succeeding with it, right? It's not the running game that's defining success. It's what teams can do off of the running game. Most teams, it feels like, are being spotted 100 yards rushing every night. What do you do with that 100 yards rushing? What, what do you parlay that into, right? The Titans parlayed that into a time of possession domination. They kept Aaron Rodgers on the sideline for basically the entire second quarter and long stretches in the second half, too. They parlayed their rushing attack into dominating time of possession and an elite passing game? Excuse me? Huh? The Titans? No. The Tennessee Titans. Was Ryan Tannehill elite passing game? Yeah. They were elite in their passing game last night. Ryan Tannehill finished 22 of 27 for 333 yards. Honest question. Did the Packers force an incompletion in the first half? Did they? I wasn't watching the full time because we had a station event at Lacrosse Beer House, and I was hanging out with some listeners there. And then I walked across the street because I had a couple of friends who were over at Big Al's. It was a huge TV. And I was like, perfect. I'll go have one more beer and watch on the game. So I, I was chatting with friends, and maybe I missed it. Did they force an incompletion? Did they force an incomplete pass from Ryan Tannehill in the first half? Because if they did, I didn't see it. Completion, 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 completion. Efficient offense, moving the sticks. If it's third and seven, we're getting eight. If it's third and 10, we're getting 11. If it's third and two, we're getting three. Just chunk, 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 chunk. Moving the chains. 22 of 27. That's the most completions in any game this season that Ryan Tannehill has played. And his next highest yardage total was 265 yards. He had 333 last night. His next closest was 265. Ryan Tannehill is not an elite quarterback. He's good, but he's not an elite down-the-field passing quarterback. They certainly don't have great weapons. I didn't even realize that Austin Hooper was on this team. They don't even want to throw the ball. It's not in their DNA. They took the Kansas City Chiefs to overtime a couple of weeks ago in Arrowhead with a backup quarterback, and they didn't get a first down in the second half. The Packers' defense last night allowed the Titans to transcend as an offense in a way that we have not seen this season. The league's number 31 passing offense. Joe Barry, let him cook. What hath God wrought? I don't even know what to do with this. Tanny had completions. Ryan Tannehill. I like calling him Tanny. Ryan Tannehill had completions of 43, 31, 42, and 32. I thought... Uh, lightning rod figure, Pete Bukowski of the Lockdown, uh, Lockdown Packers podcast, actually had a pretty good tweet last night 
says this is the defensive version of the Packers offense scoring nine points against a terrible Lions defense. This was a layup and they biffed it. I actually really like this comparison. And this is part of why this Packers team has been so frustrating against the Lions. Historically bad passing defense. Great opportunity for the offense to get right. A layup. And they slipped and threw the ball out of bounds. Now, last night, the defense is going up against the league 31st ranked passing offense. It was a layup. And they tripped and bounced the ball off their face like Sam Decker in that one play for the Houston Rockets. It's like, man, the defense had a chance to get right and they blew it. The offense two weeks ago in Detroit had a chance to get right and they blew it. It's just really, really frustrating. You can't say that the schedule hasn't lined up for this team because it has. Now, they've had some tough matchups too, but it's the NFL. It's hard to win in the NFL. Not every matchup is going to be put on a platter for you. But in the last three games, the offense, which has struggled, and the defense, which has certainly struggled, have both had great opportunities against advantageous opponents to get right, and they whiffed. Complete swing and a miss. Now, at the end of the day, like I said a couple minutes ago, and as we talked about all week leading up until last night, this was a Matt LaFleur game. This was on him. This game was all about coaching. Less time to practice, mostly walkthroughs, less time to prepare, less time to watch film. This week is all about coaching. Mike Vrabel is a force multiplier. Gets the most out of his guys. Synergy. All the pieces add up to a sum that's greater than the sum of the parts individually. Matt LaFleur is a force divider. You ever heard that term before? I think we might invent that term today. He's not a force multiplier. He's a force divider. He's like, oh, I have uh, 10X with these players. Actually, I'm going to coach them in a way that makes them 8X. Make them worse, not better. Everyone on this team is underperforming. Their offensive line sucks. They're not running anything up front to help them. They're running into the teeth, the teeth of a really good Tennessee defensive front. Here, A.J. Dillon, get us two yards. That's a good play. Light that play on fire. Not going to get that play back. This team has no edge. They got no nasty. Chris Barnes laying the wood to Ryan Tannehill last night was the most life I've felt in my in my body in weeks. I was like, wait, there, there it is. There it is. I got some life. I got some juice in me. Look at that. Just boom, popped him. That was great. Uh, that'll happen once every 10, 11 games. That was the most physical thing this team has done all year. And I knew it was coming today. I knew it was coming. I tweeted about it this morning at Wisco Grant. I knew Colin Cowherd was going to light up Matt LaFleur, and he did, and it was a great rant. The Titans play like Mike Vrabel looks. Tough, loyal, physical, and, and the Titans play like Mike Vrabel played. Smart, resilient, resourceful. He didn't have a great vertical shuttle time speed. Nobody got more out of their talent than Mike Vrabel, and no team in this league gets more out of their talent This is a team that forced Kansas City to overtime at Arrowhead Stadium and didn't get a first down in the second half. They squeeze that orange for every bit of juice. Then there's the Packers. Hipster quarterback. Young, good-looking, cool coach. Zero tenacity. Zero resilience. I'm not sure they trust each other. I mean, can you imagine Aaron Rodgers coming up to Mike Vrabel on the sidelines, condescendingly barking at him? Nah. But Aaron knows he can get away with it. Deep down, Matt LaFleur's been walking on eggshells, trying to balance Aaron's ego and temperament and the front office of the Packers that sometimes quietly resents him. I don't get that last part. Matt LaFleur definitely acts like he's walking on eggshells. I think that's because of Rodgers. I don't know why the front office would resent Matt LaFleur. But other than that little part, A-plus ran. Spot on. And I know he's attacking our team, 
but is he is he wrong? You're going to look at me and tell me that he's wrong? He's right. I know we all hate Colin Coward. I love Colin Coward, but I know Wisconsin fans, for the most part, don't because he always bullies our teams. Well, guess what? I'd bully my team, too, after last night. We're going to bully them for the next hour and a half because they stink. They gave up a million yards through the air to a bunch of wide receivers that most people have never heard of and a quarterback and a coach that don't really want to throw the ball. They turned the league's 31st passing offense into the greatest show on turf. Well done, Joe Barry. Well done, Matt LaFleur. Well done, Aaron Rodgers, who, for the most part, I thought played pretty good last night, as I said. I'm not going to. We're not going to bang up on Rodgers over the top. Tim and Menominee Texan, 608-796-2558. He says, at least we don't have to watch him on Sunday now. Tim, you, trust me, I feel that too. I'm with you. I can't wait for Sunday. I'm going to watch a couple other games, and I'm going to have a stress-free Sunday. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. So don't worry. I, I don't think you're alone. John Boy says, on some of Aaron's throws, specifically the third down to Lazard, we're back shoulder, but the wide receiver didn't come back for the ball. Bull shares some blame, but this OSS... Off schedule, but this, I don't know what you mean. Something that could have been worked out when everyone is healthy in July. I'm not doing the OTAs offseason stuff. That bridge has been crossed and flooded out and rebuilt, and I'm, I'm not touching that, but I, I do agree. There were a couple plays where Rodgers wanted the back shoulder. The communication wasn't there. I thought Rodgers played really well last night. I thought on a couple plays, his receivers let him down, and then when Rodgers had a couple of bad tosses, as most quarterbacks do, it just happened to come in the worst time which I think sums up how this Packers season has gone so far. I want to talk more about Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to defend him a little bit. We're going to hear just a little bit from him and his postgame presser last night. Coming up next, Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an outstanding Friday. Don't let the Packers game drag you down. The season ending was probably inevitable. I regret nothing Monday through Wednesday. By the way, everyone who's like, oh, Packers fans, I thought your team was back. Yeah, they were for three days and it was a blast. I regret nothing. I wish I would have got more excited Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I wish I would have hyped this team up more. 608-796-2558. Perry Goldstein from the Packs, What She Said podcast will be joining us at some point before 6 o'clock. I actually, here's the sitch. Her host, co-host, Maggie Loney, uh, went into labor today, so she needed a replacement. So she hit me up, and I said, okay, I'll come on, but just know I'm going to replace some of it on my show tonight. <laughs> because because if I if I got to create content at 2 p.m., that content's going to live on the show. So you'll hear my favorite uh, about eight-minute segment from what we recorded. That's coming up at some point, whenever it feels natural. If the phones are ringing off the hook and we're talking Packers, then... I'm not going to derail that to play a, a little late minute recording, but between now and six o'clock at some point, like I said, you can text and call 608-796-2558, Twitter at Wisco Grant. I don't really have the fan energy left at four and seven to yell about how Rogers did this or Rogers said that. I I don't really care. I, I saw a lot of people last night on Twitter. It's like, let's see, let's see what Rogers says about those missed throws. It's like, he'll probably say that he missed some throws. You don't have to be, like, really weird about it. He took accountability in his presser. Totally did. He was asked about those throws, and he said, yeah, I missed a couple. He was also asked about his thumb. I think his thumb's bothering him. Here's his response about his thumb and those missed throws at the end of the game. 
Couldn't tell you point to one thing. I, I'm not going to make excuses about my thumb. It's been the same since New York. I don't know. I got to go back and look at it. I felt like fundamentally I was, you know, in a good spot, but I just didn't have the same type of uh, consistent grip and ball coming out the same way. I threw a lot of kind of wobblers tonight. So there was some wind, but just missed a few throws I should have had. Missed a couple throws, and most quarterbacks do. It's just a microcosm of this Packers season that Rodgers misses happened to come on the two biggest plays of the game where we were going to talk about them the most, see them the most, because they were at the end. They were when the Packers were trying to mount a comeback. It wasn't in the first quarter. You miss a throw in the first quarter. Okay, whatever. A lot of ball game left. Those don't decide the game. Lots of plays. Well, when, at the, when they're at the end, uh, those plays don't definitively decide the game either, but they decide the game a little bit more than some random play in the middle of a series at the beginning of the first quarter. Trying to be fair to Rodgers, like I said, the timing didn't hurt him. I didn't like his bad choice. I, I thought the throw to Lazard on fourth down was like, what are we doing, buddy? Like that, that's not that's not a good choice. You're throwing a heave and a prayer to a guy who doesn't really know which way you're going, and like that's not a that's just not a reliable, effective choice of a ball to throw on fourth down. Throw it underneath. <laughs> Guys open. At least give somebody a chance on a, on a slant, on a hook, on something where the ball doesn't have to travel 30 yards in the air. Buddy, it's fourth and three. So I guess my quarrel with Rodgers after last night, really, my only beef that I have with Rodgers is two throws that he missed, but quarterbacks miss throws, and then that decision on fourth down. To be fair, again to Rodgers, Sammy Watkins did him absolutely no favors on that ball over the middle. He, he didn't even lunge. He, he, he didn't do anything. He made no effort. It's like when I used to play catch with my dad in the driveway. And I'd make a really bad throw and like he'd be over dramatic about it. Just let it go over his head. He wouldn't even put his glove up in the air. He'd just turn and start walking like, oh, okay, Mr. Dramatic. That's what Sammy Watkins did. He's like, I'm not even going to, oh man, what an ass throw. I'm not even going to try for it. Like, dude, come on. Don't leave your quarterback out to dry like that. That's tough. I'm I'm so over Sammy Watkins. Why is he playing over Toure? I like Toure. Toure looks spry. He looks athletic. He looks fast. It's more than you could say about Hammy Watkins. I don't know why we're still running him out there. He's never in the right spot. He's never making good plays. He had one catch against the Cowboys last week. And we're like, oh, Watkins is back. No, he's he's still Sammy Watkins. This team is just not coalescing. And I think a lot of the ways that we thought that they would. Rodgers should be able to miss two throws over the course of a game. Even on third down, should be able to miss throws. Because in theory, this team was built with a bunch of safety nets. We're going to build up a defense. So if Rodgers has a bad quarter, the game doesn't get away from us. Well, that hasn't happened. All right, well, the running game. We're going to draft A.J. Dillon. Okay, sure. I mean, it's great for Door County. Great for the, the economics of, of Door County and in the Green Bay area. That's nice. But if you want a dynamic running back that can create big plays, I suggest you look elsewhere. <laughs> the team is supposed to play complementary football. They're playing contradictory football. As soon as Aaron Rodgers started to struggle, the defense would... Lock it down. It's like, well, where was this when Rodgers was dealing? And then when Rodgers is playing well, of course, the defense can't get off the field. When Rodgers is making great throws, his wide receivers can't catch. And all of a sudden, when he can't make a throw, then his defense can't help him out, and neither can his wide receivers. It's like nobody's complimenting anybody. Rodgers talked about after the game how they didn't play well in any phases. They got to play well in all of them. You got to be excited about the way Christian's played the last two weeks. Copy coming back today, I think, led us some receiving yards. That was a big jolt for us. As you guys know and have talked about, we need to run the football effectively to win and didn't do that today. So I have to find a way. When we got opportunities with one-on-ones, we got to win one-on-ones. I got to throw the ball better than I did tonight. There's not a lot of margin for error. We got a text from Jason here. 
It says, I really think there's more to this thumb injury than we think. I'm with you. I think his thumb's bothering him, and I think it's affecting throws. It's only affecting a couple throws a game. It's not like it's melting his game down, but I do think it's bothering him. Jason continues, go back in time a bit early in the season, bad routes by the receivers and bad play calling. Since the Giants game, Rodgers has missed more of his throws than he make it seems. Has he ever thrown a ball off another player's helmet like in Detroit? No. Maybe there's more to Jordan Love than he knows, and he doesn't want to sit and lose his job. Think about all the pinpoint accuracy we've seen over the years. Look, nobody wants to not play football, except for Carson Wentz. Nobody wants to sit on the bench, except for Ben Simmons, who was actually fine last night. So I, I should give Ben Simmons some slack. Eh, no, Ben Simmons doesn't deserve any slack. These guys want to be out there. They want to be playing. They're competitive. They don't want to give up their job. Of course he doesn't want Jordan Love playing over him. But I think now he's probably well aware that at some point Jordan Love is going to play this season just a reality it's just a matter of fact that that's going to happen and I think Rogers kind of felt that I think he seemed to feel it last night he's like yeah thumbs bothering me and I think at some point he knows the season yeah maybe put him on IR maybe you know do something text here from oh from Joe what's up Joe Joe from Menominee says great show I think you're giving Rogers too much credit whoa he missed more than two throws in his play by the goal line was ridiculous too tentative and throwing off his back foot far too often. Receivers are bad, but it looks like father time is catching up with him. Look forward to watch, uh, watching what Jordan Love can do. I'm with you on the footwork, which is a bummer because for the last two years when he won MVPs, he really got back to his footwork from early in his career. And he's more accurate. He was more consistent. He had more oomph behind his throws, especially the deep throws. So yeah, that's something we could talk about. If we wanted to be critical of Rogers, I hate how his footwork has reverted. And what does Tom Clemens do? Why is he not pointing that out? Why is he not working on that? His quarterback coach, his longtime buddy, maybe that's a discussion we could have too. The footwork thing is absolutely true, Joe, and thank you for pointing that out. I don't know. I'm not trying to bang on Rodgers too much. The defense made Ryan Tannehill look like Warren Moon throwing the ball down the field. That's a that's a deep pull. They made the Titans look like the best downfield passing attack in the NFL, and they're not. They're the 31st-ranked passing attack in the entire league. So I, I don't know that Aaron Rodgers was placed in an environment to be too successful last night. He also made a couple great throws, and I, don't know, I thought his game for the most part was was pretty darn good. I'm not going to bang up on him too much today. I think Matt LaFleur is, I don't know what he's doing. Last night was supposed to be a Matt LaFleur game, and not only did Mike Vrabel best him, he bested him by a lot. That was a game that Matt LaFleur needed to rein in and, and get his guys ready to play for, and it just didn't seem like they were. Let's take a break. If you want to call and join the show next, 608-796-2558, you could be first up. I'm also on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. And if we don't get too many calls and we don't get this back and forth going on the phones, then maybe we'll hear a little bit from Perry Goldstein, who I spoke to earlier. Packs What She Said podcast, friend of show. Wisco Sports Show back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. This is one of my favorite songs, by the way. It's called Moving On and Getting Over. Great blues track. And apropos, I don't know if that means what I think it means, but apropos of today's topic, applicable to today's topic of the Packers season, effectively being over before Thanksgiving. In fact, I hopped into Twitter space over that break with some of our listeners, our guys, LaCroix Butler, Cornucopia. Those guys, they're talking about the Brewers. It's like, oh man, before Thanksgiving, this Packers team really is cooked. Talking about how Rowdy Telez is going to be non-tendered. And now Corbin Burns is going to get traded. I'm like, oh, no. I can't do this. What are the odds that David Stearns just stepped back for a year because the Brewers were about to have a fire sale and he didn't want to have to be the guy to be the face of it? 
Just, just put that in the back of your mind. Sit with that for a couple of days. I'm not saying that that's what happened. But would you be shocked? David Stern's like, man, we're about to sell off everyone. Maybe I'll, maybe, maybe I'll step away for a year. Maybe Matt, Matt Arnold, this is a great opportunity for you, buddy. Step into the limelight. Take the role that you deserve. All right, here you go. Trade Corbin Burns. Uh, oh, yeah, and by the way, uh, the fans are pretty upset because I made that trade for Hater, and that's just a poor trade. So uh, they're already pissed off, but you no, know, you'll kill it. Get in there, kid. All right, I'm going to go up to the owner's suite and crush some crush some ice cream with beat reporters, Andrew Wagner, Tom Hondercourt, all those guys. Oh, Tom's not writing, I guess, anymore. We're talking Packers-Titans, though, not Brewers. And if you want to call, phone lines are wide open, 608-796-255. I had to hear from callers all the time on Twitter. Oh, you don't have phone lines. Can never get through. Folks. The phone is dry as a desert at the moment. So if you want to call and chat, love to have you. Got a text here from no name. One of our anonymous, anonymous listeners says the Packers are just bad from top to bottom and I don't know how they can fix it. Well, step one is get a pretty good draft pick. That would go a long way. This offseason is not going to be easy. It's going to get worse before it gets better because this offseason, they could very well lose Aaron Jones. Preston Smith, David Bakhtiari. These are all guys that are on the table. Who knows what they'll do with Elton Jenkins, if anything. I don't think they're going to waive him, but we thought he was a you know an auto extend for how his career started. Now we'll see. It's going to get worse before it gets better, but the getting worse process would be easier if they had some elite, elite draft picks. So we're four wins right now. Maybe let's not let's not win too many more games. Maybe let's just let's calmly go about the rest of the season and win as few games as possible. FedEx Fred is here. 608-796-2558. Fred, what's going on? Grant, I don't know what Green Bay can do to fix their, their problem. I don't either. Because they, they're tied up with Aaron Rodgers for another two years. Mm-hmm. He, he's going to play. It doesn't matter if he plays or not. You're still going to have to pay him. Exactly. Might as so well you're play. out of money. Might as well play. Paying him. Yep. And nobody's going to trade for him after this season. So he is solely only Green Bay's. That's it. Number two, that offensive line wasn't bad last night, but it wasn't great. But it is shaky, and it needs some stable foundations going on. It needs people in there practicing five days a week, building a rapport together. Because when an offensive line plays well, the rest of the team does great things. Yeah. Well, what did you what did you say, Fred? That last night they weren't bad. That's not going to cut it because no. they don't have elite wide receivers. They don't have elite tight end. Like some part of this offense is going to have to be great. And right now there's Aaron Rodgers, who's great sometimes, and Watson, who has flashes of greatness, and that's it. So just a fine offensive line. They got manhandled last night, by the way, in the run game. Like, the offensive line is going to have to be better than that if they want to be a good offense, and right now they're not. Yeah. And does that go back to uh, their, their offense, their old their old offensive lineman now being the offensive coordinator? Like, is that is that offensive line just being overlooked? I don't or- know. I don't know because when Getzey left, I thought, okay, just keep Stenovich. Just, just keep Stenovich. He will pre- he will preserve that offensive line, and the opposite has happened. The offensive line has gotten worse. And part of that, I think, is injuries and personnel, but I, I, normally they get the most out of their guys. They're not doing that this year. I also think you got to say goodbye to Bakhtiari. He was a great guy, great Packer. Man. Get your, get your name up in the ring of honors, but I think your time has come to an end. It's just so unfortunate. It's so unfortunate because he is in and out of the lineup on a team that needs him all the time and an offensive line that doesn't really have any elite players around him right now. It's just such an unfortunate situation. And the way that the timing of this injury happened and and the way everything else is happening around Bakhtiari, it just stinks, Fred. It's too bad. Yeah. And then 
Last off, you just said, uh, you know, hopefully they don't win anymore, and that's <laughs> yeah. going for a good draft pick. I don't trust Green Bay to make a good draft pick. Yeah, I mean, as long as they don't draft what are they gonna a damn safety. out of Georgia with the fourth round? Well, hey, fourth, I'm, fourth, I'm, fourth I'm all for more edge rushers. Don't get me wrong. My fear is that they're going to draft a damn safety in the top five. That seems like or a tight end <laughs> or something ridiculous like that. I don't know. <laughs> Not an offensive tackle or, you know, somebody that is of value. They'll they'll go down the oh, we got a strong safety with hey. our fourth pick in the draft. Hey, hey, look, we've been we've been following this guy since middle school. His uncle was a was a wrestling coach. He played three sports in high school. He, he grew up in a family of nine, so him and his his brothers were always playing football together. Like that, that's AJ Dillon, right? Like that was Josiah DeGuara. They they just identify these guys and they just reach for him. Or they did in twenty twenty. That draft still irks me. He's he's the youngest of nine kids, and he was always the scrappiest. Yeah. That's the kind of player. Man, <laughs> save the XFL, FedEx Fred. This isn't Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Can't be doing draft evals <laughs> like that. <laughs> so over this, but it I and I, it does look worse. Look like he just doesn't know what's going on. He looks like he's tiptoeing around someone or something all the time. He's so hesitant. Right, and and I don't think that's just because of Rodgers, unless they, like, secretly hate each other and somehow no one has talked about that. Like, he looks so hesitant, so scared, and I, I don't know, his demeanor just kind of stinks. He, every time he goes up to the press, after game press conference, he looks like a dog that's just been scolded. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, and, yeah. <laughs> and then he gets up there and he goes, I don't know, I'm going to have to look at the tape. We need to do better. Yeah. Well, then do better. I, I don't. You get paid millions of dollars to coach these guys. I'm not sure that looking at the tape is helping because he slept at the stadium on Sunday night to watch film, apparently, and his film-watching expedition told him that running A.J. Dillon behind Josh Myers into the teeth of that Titans line was a good game plan. Like, that just, I don't know. I don't know what he saw to believe that they could run the ball down the throat of the Titans last night, but he saw something, I guess. <laughs> Your guess is good as mine, Grant, but... This Packers season, the next six games are going to be very hard to watch because, in all honesty, I think they might only win one more game this year. Man, that's probably not the worst thing in the world. I feel liberated. Let's let's treat it as that. We feel free and loose now. Now we don't have to stress about it. That's a silver lining, Fred. <laughs> there, that it is. Thank you, Grant. <laughs> yeah, have a good weekend. That's our guy, FedEx Fred, 608-796-2558. Got a text here. Nobody, you guys got to follow up with a name. I've gotten four texts today, other than Jason. I've gotten four texts today, and I don't have a name to call any of you. So if I'm a listener to this show, and I'm listening to Grant Bills host the Wisco Sports Show, and he keeps reading these texts from names he doesn't have, I just assume that he's making it up. Like, oh, yeah, Grant got another text. Oh, slow Friday. He's mailing it into the weekend. He's making up texts. No, I... Give me some names. Give me give me some personality to work with. This text says Packers need to tank for high draft pick and pick a quarterback. Trade love and let the new guy learn for a year or two under A. Aaron Bakhtiari's gone, as is Cobb and Crosby and a few others. Changes in the coaching staff as well. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm not a clean house guy. I'm not a guy who when the Packers lose a couple ugly games where I'm like, fire everyone! Fire up incompetent! Get rid of them all! But I don't know, there's plenty of blame to go around. Again, not a clean house guy, but I don't know, especially on the defensive side. And, and we'll talk about this in the second half of the show. You can't invest that many first rounders, that much money, that many resources into the defense and have it suck. Someone's got to answer for that. 
And and this guy's name is Chuck. Thank you, Chuck. I appreciate that. Let's talk to Dave in Monona, 608-796-2558. What's up, Dave? Short pants. Are you actually doing a man's thing this weekend, or are you going to be home kind of like, you know, washing dishes and doing fondue? Uh, I mean, you you fish, you hunt. Fondue. Uh, No, I'm not going to be hunting this weekend. Maybe next. Maybe next weekend. Maybe. Probably not, though. You actually. You, wait, wait, you actually hunt, uh, Dave. I hunted when I was in high school and when I lived at my parents and I like had time because now I live in an apartment. When I lived at my parents, Dave, I bow hunted and gun hunted for deer. I hunted ducks. I would go hunt grouse. I would go out at night and hunt yeah. coyotes. I would. I would trap because we had a lot of creeks, dude. I I got out and got maybe after. You're not such a. Maybe you're just a transgender after all, kind oh, of easy female easy. And man. You know, easy. You hunt and fish and. Careful. I want your Packers take, and I and I feel inclined to cut your call off. So give your Packers take quickly. <laughs> hey, you caught me off guard for a second there, but uh, now, like the last guy, I don't care anymore. I mean, Green Bay, nothing's going to change. It's the same BS excuse after every game. You can just record Rogers' comments, and and uh, the one good thing as far as my business. Boy, we went online this morning. Mm-hmm. Tickets for the Detroit game down to like forty bucks. Really? The final game of the year. I mean, that is sweet. We got people Packer fans that want to go to a game. They've never gone to a game. It's like forty bucks to go to a game, and it's like we just keep keep losing, keep losing, and they're going to be giving tickets away. Hot take: That Detroit game could be kind of fun if the Packers are out of it, and you just wanted to go crush beers at Lambeau with your yeah. friends and have a fun time and go to the stadium. That could be kind of a fun game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it was another forty, but was another forty bucks last night. But nah, you know who, you know, you know who cares? Tomorrow, Badger team, you know that generation, they're going to go six and six and go to a bowl game. You know, you get reward, you get rewarded for being what? If in real life you do five hundred, you get fired. In college, you get paid. So tomorrow, I hope they get, they get, they get, get their butts kicked. And I don't think they will. I think Wisconsin will play in Berlin tomorrow. But hey, Badger basketball, you know, at least we got at least we got one bright story in the state of Wisconsin. Yeah. Do you have a? We talked to Mike and Windsor earlier this week, and he just brought up Badger basketball. I haven't really talked about him much because we've been doing a lot of Packers with two games this week. Do you have a? Do you have a take? Jordan Davis hitting some shots. Little little left to be desired yeah, from Chucky I, Hepburn so far. I want some more offense. I mean, Davis. I mean. The jury's still all on Davis. I mean, the fact is, they haven't played anybody good. Next, next Wednesday, they're going to play Dayton. You know, Dayton this Bahamas tournament. They're going to play some competition. Let's see what Davis does. They only have one more true game. Wait for us. I, but, I mean, they're going to need guys like Davis. They're going to need these, uh, that guy from Nina. If, if they are a pleasant surprise, yes. Let's get, you, know, let's get, you know, Wisconsin will be, you know, could, could, you know, could be at the 6th, 7th team. Only bad thing about Badgers are... Every one of their damn games are almost on Mondays and Tuesdays. There's only a few weekend games because of that damn men's hockey team. Yeah, Tony Granado <laughs> still employed. <laughs> but uh, hey, what, also you got hey, you got women's vi- women's volleyball. Okay, now now I suspend myself for one hour. Yeah, hey, they're a good team. They're a winning team. You should yes, be able to get are. behind that. Come on, now they win. Yes, they, they win are. titles. We, they hang banners for our state. That's right. Yeah. We have. Um, yeah, we 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 had season tickets. The only bad thing with the field house is it's a horrible place for accessibility. That barn is so old. If you got anybody you know who's um, disabled, you can't go to the game. Because, you know, it's all bleachers. Yeah, that's. Yeah. You know, I, I wish they would move out of that damn building, kick the women's team out of the coal center, and flip flop. <laughs> Let the women's volleyball team 
you know, go to the Kohl Center. Play on the uh, big did you ever stage. Think yeah. the other day I'm talking about women's volleyball? See, I'm not a racist. Hey, by the way, one final thing, Brett. Race. Oh, my God. I got a comment for Brett. The other day he called a different show and says, quote, a coach can't help a quarterback throw the ball, unquote. Hey, Brett, I'm now dumber for listening to that statement. <laughs> I am, uh, Dave, this is a nice call. You have towed the line. Have a good weekend. Yeah, you're going to hang up. Okay. He said he talked about women's volleyball for 45 seconds and then said, see, I'm not a racist. That has nothing to do with Maybe I should be laughing. This has nothing to do with race, Dave. No one's trying to cancel you. You have, you have more of a platform than 90% of the sports fans in the state because you have all of these shows on speed dial. Uh, I, I appreciate your take. You're out on the Packers. If you're talking about Badger sports and Tony Granato and that hockey team, which... I mean, they just drive Dave up a wall. He, he's the one guy. Well, he's not the one guy because we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but I swear Dave's like life mission has been to get Tony Granato fired for underachieving. Really quickly, let's talk to Mike and Eau Claire before our last break of the hour. 608-796-2558. What's up, Mike? Hey, Grant. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Uh, I'm a little bummed. Rough but I, night but last I, night. I don't, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Cut you off. I was going to say it's a rough night last night. Yeah. I, uh, well, it was tough, you know. I just I can't understand how this team has put millions of dollars in that defensive backfield and we're just giving up 40-yard passes everywhere to Ryan Tannehill and the group and nobody's. Uh, yeah. Really hard, really hard to watch. I mean, what do you do? You, somebody, not to be, somebody's got to get fired. That's not what I'm saying, but we're looking around. If I work at the Packers, I'm looking around and say, okay, Goody, you put a million first-round picks into this defense. Joe Barry, you got all this talent. What? What gives? Why isn't this working? Somebody, somebody's got to explain this to me because it doesn't check. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's really, really hard, you know. I hate to go back and do a rebuild. I don't know. Some people are already excited about next year, but I don't want to – I always jump on the bandwagon. I'm always stumping. I'm waiting for the draft. I want to see where we're at. And I'm just kind of almost ready to give up kind of. I just feel so blah about this year. It's been really hard breaking my spirit you know it hasn't been a fun team to watch i, I thought the defense was going to be exciting and physical and they were going to get turnovers and they've just been really tough to watch and the offense has been sad at times too and for those of you that are you know scared off by a potential rebuild you know the packers are bad in the 70s and the 80s rebuilds don't have to take 20 years like rebuilds can be very quick assuming the franchise knows what the hell they're doing that was also a different era so if the packers got a rebuild I mean, they got a rebuild it'll be something new it'll be something interesting for us to talk about i'm I'm kind of up for whatever. This team stinks, and they're not going to be able to improve it because their current, their cap situation, their draft situation, it's not enough. One one quick thing. I know you're up against the clock, but I just wanted to say that if we become mathematically not able to make the playoffs, I think we need to see what we got in Jordan Love yeah. and hopefully either shop him around or do something and come back with Aaron for a couple more years. That's what I'm dreaming for, you know? But, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening to me. I appreciate it. Great show today, too. Thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. And enjoy your weekend in Eau Claire. We'll talk soon. And good luck to I was going to ask Mike if he's a deer hunter because we were talking about deer hunting. But going out to the stand, hunt safely, Mike. And good luck. Otherwise, enjoy your weekend. 608-796-2558. Let's take a three-minute break. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Come back. We'll talk more Packers-Titans. Coming up next on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. 
My name is Grant Bills. Josh has tweeted at Wisco Grant. Says, Joe Barry has never been a good defensive coordinator, but the Packers decided he was the guy to run the defense. Bad draft picks is all on Goody, but he needs to be replaced. Uh, yeah. We've known this. This has been true. This is nothing new. Joe Barry sucks. And when he was hired, we're all like, okay. I guess. <laughs> I remember when they hired that defensive coordinator. My take. I remember this very clearly. And if you really care that much, I suppose you'd go back and find the podcast. I said they need to take a big swing. They need to take a big swing. Because the Packers are never going to have the money to spend on their defense that some other teams do. They're never going to have the elite draft picks to get the best edge rusher in the draft or the best corner. Like, they're just never going to have the resources with the money they pay Aaron Rodgers and the games that they're going to win will keep them out of the spot in the draft where they can really get elite players. So the only means that the Packers have to somehow sneaking up on the league with an elite defense is to take a shot on an unknown, on a young defensive coordinator, and and hope he blows up. And they did the exact opposite. Now, to be fair to the Packers, they tried to get Jim Leonard. He said no, which was probably smart. I mean, probably the safe thing to do. I don't know if it's a smart thing to do. It was a safe thing to do. And there's a certain intelligence in, in being conservative and safe, especially with how young he is in his coaching career. But I wanted them to take a shot with their defensive coordinator hire. They did the absolute opposite, which I thought was very lame. And now we're seeing the results. The results have been very lame. We got to take a two-minute break. I see the phone is ringing. I promise I will get to you if you can wait two minutes. We're going to take a break. Pause, get a Wisconsin Sports Zone radio update from our guy, Zach Heilper, and then we'll come back. We'll talk more Packers Titans. We'll talk Joe Barry, Matt LaFleur, and Rodgers, all of it. So I promise, I see you calling. I'll get to you coming up next. Wisco Sports Show back in two minutes. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I'm sorry, I swear. I can just not get my throat cleared. I don't know if it's uh, a chest cold. Probably the Rocky Rococos I'm trying to eat in between segments. That's probably something to do with it. You know, just a little cheese and sausage, mushroom. <clears throat> That's probably what it is. Yeah, we're talking Packers Titans, naturally. And, I mean, if you want to talk Rocky Rococos, I'm not going to stop you. Packers Titans last night. The season is over. And for all of you Vikings fans and Bears fans that I've heard from today, both in my place of work, just terrible. I got to come to work be harassed by Vikings fans. And I see you on Twitter, too. Oh, I thought the season was back on track after Sunday. It was. I regret nothing. I wish I would have been more fired up after the Cowboys game. We should have celebrated more. We should have started mapping a path to the damn playoffs the last three days. Because that's the last chance all season we're going to have to do that. I regret nothing. Wish I would have got more excited. 608-796-2558. Give the show a call or a text. Talk Packers Titans with me. And I am on Twitter at Wisco Grant as well. This is the Wisco Sports Show. I hope you're having an awesome Friday night. The calls got off to a slow start, but now we are, folks, we are rutting and strutting on the phones. Let's start with Billy in Minneapolis. What's up, Billy? Hey, Grant. Thanks for taking my call. I got two quick things for you. Yes. First was 
I, I saw a tweet last night that the shot play at the end of the game to Burks was uh, a little fu at Matt Lafleur. Yeah, was that more an fu towards Matt Lafleur, or was that more exposing Jair for the d bag he is? Okay, um, the Jair thing. Man, we haven't done the Jair thing yet. Hmm. He sucks. Like his, per- he's a good player. His personality sucks. I think his personality like, sucks annoying. this year because they're losing. Like that type of personality yeah. when you're losing and getting your butt kicked doesn't fly. I think if they were winning, it would be fun, right? So I don't want to roll Jair exactly. over the coals because yep. if he was the same player that he is right now and they were winning games, I think we'd feel differently. To his credit, the shot play, yeah, absolutely. That felt like a middle finger to Matt Lafleur from his former colleague Mike Vrabel. Why is it that all of these other coaches like giving the middle finger to Matt Lafleur? Like they didn't have to do that. Robert Sala didn't have to make that comment after the Jets game, and yet they all do. What's going on here? Like, do they not respect him, or they're like, screw that guy? Like, what's the dynamic? Because it's weird. It's almost they like humiliating him. I mean, I I think that enough. That says it. That says it right there. Um, My second question for you is, uh, are the Packers better, like, have, have a better standing if they traded Yeah. Do we lose? Oh no, Billy. That's gonna be a good question. I could. I was, dude. I was ready for that. Are you still there, Billy? Can you hear me? Are you still there? Yeah, I can hear you. So, I think I lost. So start second. that. Start that question over. I, I was riveted. I was strapped in. Start that. Are they, Do they have a better standing? If what? Yeah, are they better than four and seven if they trade Rodgers to the Broncos and they get all those picks and Noah Fant and Drew Locke? Are they better? So Jordan Love would be the starter? Jordan Love or Drew Locke, I mean, it it would probably be an open competition. Well, yeah, yeah. You want a good training camp competition. Um, Yeah. Well, I don't think they could be worse. No, definitely not worse. I think they'd be better or the same. I think they win the game in Detroit. Maybe they lose the game. Well, say maybe they lose the game against Tampa, but I don't know that they would. I think they force you lose the game, the New England game at home. Okay. But I think in turn they win the Jets game um, and they win the Giants game. Dude, the Jets are. Because I think both of those games were a culture issue, like Uh... a locker room issue more than anything. I I think the Giants, the Giants are not good. I don't care if they finish the season with 14 wins. That team is not good. Okay, and the fact that they blew that game, that bothers me way more than the Jets game. The Jets got some real players. The Jets are physical. They what do they call it, Daniel Jones now? They're <laughs> what, White Vic or something like that? They are not oh calling him God. that. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Saquon is calling him, like, White Chocolate Vic or something like that. It's really good. I'm going really to call, call him Office Space because he looks like an accountant. That's what I'm going to call him. Work, <laughs> Daniel Workaholics Jones. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Well, yeah, is Noah Fant even good, first and foremost? I'm not sure. If they got one of the young, like if they got Jerry Judy or Hamler or Sutton back in the deal, maybe. But I don't see how Jordan Love steps into this position and does any better. Because it's not like there's a ton around him. There's been so many injuries. And I don't know. The vibes of the team would definitely be different, though. And I don't know if they'd be better or worse. I think the vibes you play a, portion, a part in it, and you don't think that Noah Fant is better than Tunyon? Yeah, marginally. Not not a win's worth. Better. I think Fant, and it's so frustrating. This is why Kyle Pitts irks me. And I was talking about this with a buddy last night. We're told every year, oh, this tight end, transcendent. Tra- transcendent talent. And it was Hawkinson and Fant and O.J. Howard, and then it's Pitts. And, like, I want one of these guys to pop, and they just never do. 
Anyways. I think that a lot has to do with the system and, and what kind of offense you're running. I think if, Fant, if Love was at the quarterback and Fant was uh, the tight end, I think that he would see a lot of looks and he'd probably put up pretty good stats, but only because the system called for a lot of checkdowns and plays to him or play action to him. Now he's stuck in that air raid system with an, Geno Smith. He's lighting it up through the air. No checkdowns in Seattle now. No kidding. What? That's so bizarre. Anyways, anyways, last night sucked, Billy. Thank you. Well, I, I appreciate this. I'm going to think about this. Jordan Lovin players. Hey, uh, all credit to uh, to Drew and Corn and Bart last night for inspiring these questions. So hey, friend shout of, out to them. Everyone go listen to the Bart Winkler show. Friend of show Bart Winkler had a great post game show last night. That was that was one of his better broadcasts. That was outstanding. I agree. Yeah, that was fantastic. Well, thank you, Grant. I appreciate you for taking my call. Yeah, Billy. Bye, Sheila. See you later. Bye, Sheila. Bye, Sheila. I love the other guys, man. That's film. That's cinema. Thanks for the call, Billy. Six zero eight seven nine six two five five eight. I I do not think they'd be any better with Jordan Love. I don't think they'd be worse, though. I, I know that doesn't really mean anything. Now, you'd have more picks. I, I guess Rodgers isn't really doing you much good on the roster now because you're not winning games and you're paying him a bunch of money. Man, I do not know. I just, I, I don't know. That's a tough one. The Jordan Love situation is is unfortunate because when they drafted him, it made sense. But then everything that has transpired since that 2020 draft has made that pick worse and worse and worse, whether it be Aaron Rodgers playing better than him winning MVPs, than them extending him, that just like thing after thing after thing has made that pick look worse and worse and worse. And maybe, 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 maybe that's because the Packers really don't love Jordan Love that much. They don't think he's great. So they've pivoted and we're just left in the dark. They know oh, Jordan Love's great. And the Packers are like, nah, he's not. Do you think we would have extended Rodgers if, if we thought he's any good? I don't know. Let's go back to the phone. 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Dave from Hoka. Dave from How are you doing, Grant? Hoka. I'm doing good, Dave. How are you? Yeah. Can I I just want to switch the subject just for a second, get your take on who you think will win between Dallas and Minnesota yeah. this weekend. Hmm. So you're a Vikings fan, I'm assuming, correct, Dave? Correct. I really like Dallas. I think Dallas is I think Dallas is a really good team. And I don't think last Sunday was fully representative of how good they are. I also think Justin Jefferson is like one of the best three players in football and the Vikings are just cruising. They're not having bad injury luck. They're they're just, they're cruising altitude as a team right now. And it's hard to beat a team like that. U.S. Bank's also a really hard place to play. I'd pick the Vikings. Wouldn't you? I am picking the Vikings. However, as a Vikings fan, you're always waiting for the wheels to fall off the bus. Which I know has for the Packers. I, I go back to uh, my first phone call with you a couple, three weeks ago or whenever that was. Mm-hmm. I still think Rodgers is kind of playing to his age a little bit. You see signs of it, I think. And uh, I don't think his attitude's the greatest Well, with the eye rolling and such. I think the age, right, he's almost 39. He turns 39 in the next couple of weeks. And yep. I think he's still very physically with it. I think he can play good. But the thing is, Dave... As you get older, you need to work harder to stay good at things. Yep. You need to work out harder. And Absolutely. I think what, what's really getting to Rodgers is his footwork sucks. His mechanics suck. And talk to Brady. If Brady wants to be good at age 45, 47, like, you need to pay extra attention to those things. And it seems like Rodgers has gotten away from those things. And I think it's really hurting him on some of these throws, these inaccurate throws. 
yeah, I would agree with that. So that's all I had, Grant. Hey, I do appreciate the show on November 10th. That was awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. Especially the interview part of it. Yep. Yeah, it was nice to let somebody else talk about that stuff. Yeah, and by the way, uh, I did a second interview with the guy who is the curator, the director for the Great Lake Shipwreck Museum up in Whitefish Point. And I'm going to air that as part of one of the best ofs because we'll have a best of show next Thursday and Friday. So if you're driving around on Thanksgiving or on Friday, just know there's a little, little yep. bonus content coming down the, the wire. Thanks, yeah. Dave. No, that, that that was great. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for the call. I That was probably the most fun thing we've done in a while, <laughs> at least during football season. Packers keep losing. It's fun to talk about something else. Get a text from Mike in Colorado. I've always supported. I'm going I'm to read this. He types it in a very a paragraph form, so I'm going to read it in the way it's formatted. I've always supported Matt Lafleur, but now for numerous reasons, I've begun to waver. He's he's willing under the pressure of this losing episode. He's wilting. <laughs> I said I'm going to read it in the style. Man, I don't think I can read this at all. Sorry, it's my first. This is me on my first day of reading school, Mike. Let's start again. I've always supported Matt Lafleur. But now, for numerous reasons, I've begun to waver. He's wilting under the pressure of this losing episode, and he's taking the team with him. When hearing Packers players' comments, they all seem to have adopted the Matt LaFleur mantra, i.e. sullen, apologetic, confused, non-combative, and low energy. If this team continues to flounder and fail, how can Matt LaFleur recover and recapture his leadership role? Mark Murphy has a huge choice ahead of him. Look, they just extended him. They're not firing Matt LaFleur. I think Matt LaFleur is a really good coach. Um, How he recaptures this? Well... Winning is a good start. It's a really good start. Winning cures all. You notice how great the vibes were this week? Yeah, that's part of that. Um, how does he recapture it? I don't know. This offseason, there's going to be a lot of levers pulled and switches flipped. A lot of roster changes. A lot of guys let go for money reasons. A, a lot of, like Brent Suter was let go by the Brewers today. He was claimed by Colorado. Him and Denilson Lamette just partying up out there. Former Brewers legends. Packers are going to be a lot of the same. Guys, bills are going to come due and they're going to have to cut them and then there's going to be dead cap. Like, this is going to get worse before it gets better. And Matt LaFleur is going to need to learn how to lead through adversity because he's a front-running coach last couple of years, right? Comes into a good situation for the most part. Well, I'm going to say this. I give Matt LaFleur a lot of credit for coming in in 2019 and getting Rodgers on a track because I think it had gotten off the tracks in 18. He said, Rodgers, here's an offense. I need you to buy in. He got him to buy in and he won two MVPs with LaFleur's offense. So it's not like he just came in it's not like he started on third base and thought he had a triple. He was a really good coach. But this is a different type of coaching. This is a different style of coaching altogether, and I think there's a learning curve that comes along with it. Let's take one more call before we go to break. 608-796-2558. Welcome to the Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? This is Greg. Greg. What's going on, Greg? Welcome. Greg, Greg, Greg from Minnesota, from Wisconsin. Originally been watching football since I was five and 62. Uh, yeah. Uh, I've watched a lot of football. Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback I've ever seen. And it's not Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he didn't look good last night. Maybe it was due to the... He looked like he had passion for the Dallas game. I know from playing football myself, it's tough to to, uh, have a good game after that, right? He might fall flat. The team might fall flat. But Tannehill looked amazing last night. He put passes... He just, he killed us. He was he sharp. Stopped, uh, he was the, sharp. The running back in three yards a game, that was phenomenal. Fat back is a scary back. But to me, it is the coaches, you know, uh, LaFleur with his right, people keep looking at the record, but a lot of the games he just barely won. A lot of that's Rodgers. I mean, the management, the not getting receivers, the get rid of Gutekunst, get rid of... Uh, 
before Barry too. I was kind of nervous last year about getting Barry, and but if you couldn't talk to the 49er game that we lost last year, how good our defense did is that was it not the coach? Were we just passionate for that game? Um, and this year we looked like we can't play defense. It's a good question because they did have some good games last year. And, Greg, I appreciate I appreciate the call. Thank you. And I know there's a lot of people who want to get in here. And call back sometime. Greg in Minnesota. Gotcha. Since football since 1962 when he was five years old. He, Joe Barry, I don't know what he did last year. What should we give him credit for last year? Because they did have a nice streak, and then they played really well against the Niners at home. I don't know if that was Joe Barry or not. That's a good point, Greg. Maybe we need to take inventory of what the Packers did well last year, what they did poorly. Thing is, they doubled down on defense. It's not that it would be one thing if they just plateaued and they were the same level of defense as we saw last year, but they got wor- they got a lot worse. They got way worse. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Let me think about that. Let me ponder that. Give me a three minute break. We'll come back, talk about what Joe Barry did last year, and maybe what the defense did well down the stretch. I'm going to pull up the schedule to remind myself of who they beat and who they played well against because that might very well play a factor into some of those performances. But of course at the time we wouldn't want to you know, we wouldn't want to chalk up a good defensive performance to the the opponent. No, we want to give our defense credit because that's how we're wired as fans. So I'm gonna think about that for three minutes. We're gonna come back, Greg, and talk about that. Joe Barry, what he should get credit for, what he shouldn't get credit for, and what the Packers do defensively after last night's debacle against an offense that definitely is not as good as the Packers made them look losing to the Titans. So let's talk about that next. Wisco Sports Show back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. About Joe Barry. 608 796 2558. If you want to call or text the show, you can also find me on Twitter, like I said, at Wisco Grant. The defense got hot last year. I mean, I guess if we want to call it that, against bad teams, is that unfair to say? Probably not unfair to say, right? They beat the Arizona Cardinals 24-21. I don't think that the Cardinals are a very dependable offense. I don't think they're a functioning offense. I think things between Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury are very mm, tenuous, let's say. So they won that game 24-21. Rasul Douglas walks it off. Uh, Remember, the defense did give up a drive all the way down to the goal line. Now, Kansas City the next week in Arrowhead. Packers lose that game. That's the Jordan Love game, 7-13. I don't want to discount that performance by saying, well, the Chiefs weren't playing well, but they weren't playing well. The Chiefs were close to broken last year. We thought, like, what the hell's up with Patrick Mahomes? What the heck's up with the Chiefs? Then they beat the Seahawks the, the following week, 17-0. to uh, Knowing what we know now about Russ, or hold on, let me rephrase. Now that everyone has finally started to agree with me about Russell Wilson, we can look back at that game and say, well, Russell Wilson with a broken thumb, Maybe not the most impressive thing in the world, but still. Then they give up 34 points in Minnesota. Defenses can be fluky, and I defended that result last year. I thought the defense did a lot of good things in that game, despite the record not going the way you wanted it in the result. They give up 28 to the Rams, but the Packers won that game 36-28. Then after the bye, things just were poor. They gave up 30 to the Bears. Some of that was special teams. 30 to the Ravens, they could not get Tyler Huntley off the field or cover Mark Andrews. They gave up 22 to Cleveland and should have lost that game. Then they beat the Vikings, who were starting Sean Mannion. That game doesn't count. And then they gave up 37 to the Lions in Week 18. They played good defensively in the playoffs against the Niners. 
but it was snowing. I don't know if anyone was going to light up the the lights that night. I don't know if anyone was going to light up the scoreboard. So I think when you look at last year's defense, it's a lot of good results against bad opponents. I'd say mid results against good opponents. I don't know if there's a lot to hang your hat on with Joe Barry. Look, uh, Vagabond John tweeted at me earlier today and was like, well, they still haven't given up 30 this year. Well, that's a weird arbitrary number. This defense shouldn't be giving up 30 at any point all year long. They invested how many first-round picks? Invested how much money? The measurement stick for success is not holding teams to under 30. That does not. No, 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 no. That does that. No, no, no. We came into the league. We came into this year. I said the Packers have to have the best defense in the league for this to work. They have a top three defense. They need to be elite. Not only have they not been elite, they haven't been good. We're like, well, they're holding teams under 30. I refuse to acknowledge that as a point of success. Okay. Again, not to yell about Vagabond John and what he was tweeting at me earlier. The most frustrating thing with Joe Barry is he was given this treasure trove of ammo. Here's a couple of safeties. They all do different things. They all have varying level of experience. Here's a couple of corners. They all do different things, varying level of experience, including Jair, who might be one of the best cover corners in football. Here's a couple linebackers. Chris Barnes, nice death piece, like him. Devondre Campbell, all pro. We're going to draft Quay Walker. Have fun. Put him wherever you want. A couple edge rushers, Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, and here's a, a bit of defensive linemen. Kenny Clark's the only elite one, but here's a couple of guys. Joe Barry has not shown any imagination with this group. No creativity. He's not having fun. It'd be like if you gave a financial advisor a couple million bucks and you're like, here, you know, grow my fortune. I got nothing but time. Go at it. And they came back to you and was like, hey, I bought some savings bonds. <laughs> you're like, what? I was hoping for a little more, buddy. Like, don't you, are you supposed to have a vision of what the markets are doing and what companies we should get on it? You're, you bought savings bonds? Okay, okay. Joe Barry is the savings bond of defensive coordinators. He's like, man, I got a lot of talent. I'm going to run a prevent defense. That'll be the trick. Man, have some fun. Show some ingenuity. Don't you want to try different things with Quay Walker? Don't you want to move Jair Alexander around like the Rams do with Jalen Ramsey? Don't you want to move Rashawn Gary around? Don't you want to run stunts and twists and pressures? No, you don't want to do any of that stuff? Why are you a defensive coordinator, man? You have a treasure trove of talent, unlike most defensive coordinators in the league, and you're not doing anything creative with it. You're not having any fun. Not showing any vision or ingenuity. 2022 is all about positionless football, baby. Line up guys where you want. Make up a role for them. We don't, we don't have to color in between the lines anymore. Sports have been freed of the, the shackles of tradition and role. We're playing positionless sports now. It's the name of the game. Joe Barry's like, nah, none of that. Not about it. It's just disappointing. And it, and it sucks the fun out of the game. Jeff and lacrosse, our Bears guy, 608-796-2558. What's up, Jeff? Well, I was thinking when you're expounding on your defense, you could have been talking about ours. Yeah. My gosh. Um, we, we've got, we're setting records for rushing yards, 30 points, three weeks. We're the only team in the NFL that's averaged 30 points in three weeks and lost all three games. Yeah, and um, I think it weirdly works out for the Bears because you guys are growing and, and developing your quarterback, but you're also going to get a nice draft pick out of it. Yeah, I I really don't like losing to get a, a draft pick, so I'm 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 in that minority that, and fifty percent of the top draft choices fail. That's the problem, and we seem to find those quite quite regularly. I'm I'm excited for Fields. Don't get me wrong, but our my our defense when we get a three and out, it's like it's like the world has ended. 
That's the price, Jeff. Welcome to my world. Hey, you have a fun quarterback, but guess what? Your defense is ass. Have fun. Welcome, welcome to the world of a welcome to the world of a Packers fan. You're you're weirdly now your quarterback runs, so that's nothing like Aaron Rodgers. But isn't it fun watching your quarterback light it up and your defense not be able to get a stop? Well, yeah, it, it really isn't. But I was trying to think of this, and maybe I'm in a blind spot here. But who is really playing really good defense this year? On a consist on a consistent basis, um, mm. I mean, teams are winning, but is there that? I mean, am I asking a crazy question there? But I can't really think the answer to that one. No, I would say the Broncos have been on. The Broncos have been incredible. They've been awesome. Uh, the Bills, I guess. But that's the thing about defense is even the best defense can have a bad week and a very confusing week out of nowhere because right. that's just kind of how defense works. But it's just a hard league to play defense in now. Um, you know, covering people is almost impossible. There's no if you can't if you hit somebody too late, there's a flag. I mean, it's so skewed toward the offense right now. It's that's I I personally like a fourteen to ten game better than I like forty one to thirty nine. <laughs> I just do. Oh yeah, when I'm in a minority. I'm old school that way. No, I well, and that this been the season for you then because I I wouldn't say there's a lot of elite defenses this year, but there's a lot of bad offenses and there's a lot of low and slow power running teams, a lot of quarterbacks. The average depth of target and the air yards, everything's down, down, down this year. Everything's very muffled offensively. Yeah, I mean, if you if I had to put money on on AFC or NFC right now. I think the AFC has the better teams, but who knows what will happen in the playoffs. It's really hard to tell. Yeah, we just never know. Well, who do your Bears play this weekend before I let you go? Who do you got Sunday? We play at Atlanta, and I've been hearing on Chicago Sports Talk that that's our last winnable game of the year, which I don't totally believe, but we have a rough schedule coming down the stretch. We have Buffalo. We have the Jets. We play you again. Juggernaut Packers. Um, I'm thinking we've got to get one on you one of these days. We just have to. Yeah, well, good luck to your team on Sunday. I'm sure we'll talk about the game next week, Jeff. All right, well, I appreciate you putting me on, and I think we're in the same boat defensively anyway. Um, it, I, I was really surprised the way the way you played against Dallas. I thought it would carry over, but I was dead wrong on that one. Yeah, I guess we were both idiots for thinking that. I Sorry, I thought one good game might parlay into the next, but no, I guess we can't have nice things. Thanks, Jeff, and... Enjoy the Bears this weekend. I'm sure we'll talk next week. Packers-Bears is going to be electric late in the year. The NFL, what what time is that game? Hold on, let me scroll down. Oh, it's at noon. I was going to say, watch the NFL put that at 3.30, force feed it down everyone's throat. Packers-Bears, rivalry. The Packers are 4-9. and nine. The Bears are 3-10. and ten. It's like, man, we're really, we're really doing this one, huh? Sure. All right, let's take a five-minute break. We're going to come back here a little bit from Perry Goldstein, Packs That She Said podcast as we break down the Packers season effectively ending against Tennessee on Thursday Night Football last night. Wisco Sports Show, back after this. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Gosh, my voice is gone. <clears throat> I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Text the show, 608-796-2558, if you have a take about 
Packers Titans, Joe Barry, Aaron Rodgers, Matt LaFleur, anything. It all stinks. There's plenty of there's plenty of real estate for takes. If you want to set up shop on the Joe Barry Sucks Hill, lots of real estate. It's a big development. A lot of people have moved in there, but expanding every day. Right? If you want to defend Aaron Rodgers, attack Aaron Rodgers, I think there's a way to do both after last night. I'm defending him. He made a couple bad throws. Tough luck that they came at the end of the game and everybody saw. So they made some really good plays last night. And when he was playing well, of course, the defense couldn't get off the field. And then, of course, once the defense started to get stops, then Rodgers went in the tank because that's just how this year has gone for the Packers. I want to play a little bit of the conversation I had with Perry Goldstein earlier today. I joined her podcast, the Packs What She Said podcast. Uh, she's been a friend of the show for a long time. And she's her co-host, Maggie, uh, went to labor today. So thoughts with Maggie Loney. She's going to welcome a little Packer baby into the family. Uh, so I was filling in on her podcast today, and I said, hey, do you mind if I you know, take a take a good chunk and use it on my show tonight? She's like, absolutely. So this is us discussing Mike Vrabel, the Packers defense, and the timing of this team, which just stinks. So enjoy. Ryan Tannehill went 22 for 27, 333 passing yards. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers has not had a 300-yard game yet, I don't think, this season. Mm-hmm. Two touchdowns, not to mention Derrick Henry threw for a touchdown, and he did give up the one pick in which the offense couldn't capitalize on. Derrick Henry only rushed for 87 yards. Like, they just got paper-cutted to death because they did a great job of picking apart the underneath stuff in these this super soft zone coverage. Like, this was a game, I went into it being like, you, this is a game you just man up. Like, yeah. their wide receiver court isn't great. Traylon Burks, Robert Woods, Austin Hooper. Okay, fine. I forgot Austin Hooper was on this team until the game started last night. Like, I, I, on my show the other night, I was like, can you name wide receivers on the Titans? Like, off the top of your head? No, you have to think about it. No, simply no. The only reason, the only one I could probably is Traylon Burks because I remember wanting him for the Packers and the Titans drafted him instead. Like, this just, they were, I think, 32nd, literally the worst in passing offense going into this game. And like you said, this defense just could not generate any kind of playmaking against, like, a pretty bad passing offense. And to me, it was scheme. Like, if you're not being asked to press and you're, like, playing 10 yards off the line, like, it's... It's the twilight zone in which we're just watching the same mistakes get made over and over and over again. And for me, you have these players, you have Jair Alexander, you have Rasul, you've got, you know, Amos who can come up with like, you're not even asking them to do anything that they're actually good at. You're just letting them kind of sit there. And I feel like as a player, you've got to be frustrated. Well, what was it? Rob Domofsky's, I think other people had the quote too. like Rob wasn't the only one who reported a couple weeks ago that players are getting frustrated and they weren't really believing in the scheme. So that's been a thing. I I just, they couldn't pass off coverages. They couldn't communicate. They just weren't organized on the back end at all. And and I think what makes it so bad is like the Titans really don't want to throw. That's not really what they want to do. That's not what they're good at. That's not typically what they game plan for every week. They want to run with Henry control the clock. And then, you know, pick their spots. Ryan Tannehill threw for, like you said, over 300 yards. I think his next closest total this year was like 280, and it was against the Raiders, who are a fire drill, like an actual fire drill on defense. Like Matt Ryan had like a 40-yard run against them last week. That defense has no clue what they're doing. I just, it's really frustrating. It's it's the inverse of what the Lions game was a couple of weeks ago. The Packers' offense had a great chance to really come out and 
and get things right against the Lions, who were terrible defensively, and they didn't. And Joe Barry and company had a chance to do the same on defense last night, and they they, they made Ryan Tannehill look unbelievable. It was almost halftime, and I, I was watching at a bar because I walk home from work, and I stopped because some friends were there, and there was a huge TV, and I like, this is a nice place to watch a game. And I'm watching, I'm like, have they forced an incomplete pass yet? Like, do they have a pass breakup yet? I wasn't really on Twitter other than to just see if Twitter was still there. And I wasn't really looking at the stats. And it just seemed like every other play, like I would say something to a friend or I'd take a drink of beer and I'd look up, oh, there's another completion. Like another, they weren't forcing any pass breakups. no challenge. It wasn't even like these wide receivers were making like these incredible contested catches. Like they were wide open. There was absolutely no like adversity to go up against. And you're right. I mean, they had more first downs. They were better on third down. They were better on fourth down. They had more total plays. They punted less. Like they just completely controlled this game from zero dot. Right. Like, and you're at home at Lambeau. This is your weather. You're coming off a huge win that you probably want to capitalize on. You're both on short weeks. So that's not an excuse for anyone. They also had to travel and they actually came out with the juice. I, yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it's just so, it's, it's mind boggling to me how badly they played. Well, they came out with juice. Let's talk about maybe why they came out with juice. I think they're really well coached, but I also think this team, like so many other teams that have beaten the Packers in the last couple of weeks, like they just smell blood when they line yeah. up across the Packers. And it's like in a couple different ways. I, I think Vrabel and the offensive coordinator who had obviously a, a rough rest of the night is he was the guy who got the DUI right at like one in the morning after the game. And I can't remember his name. I, I'm sorry. I don't have the Titan staff committed to memory. It's not an offensive <laughs> staff that we talk about a lot. I think they came into this game thinking, hey, watch, like it's going to be really funny and no one expects this. We're going to be able to throw on this team. And I think that probably fired their guys up. And also we've heard this a couple of times. I think Vrabel and his coaches are like, this team is soft. You guys like we can go in there and really make a statement and make them look bad. And I think you know, the idea of lighting it up through the air and going in and beating up this team on their field in the cold, which is supposed to be their strong suit, which is a huge misnomer. Like, I think that fired the Titans up. I think they really got fired up for those couple of reasons. Well, they should, because they're right. They're absolutely correct that that was something that they were able to do. Like this team on both offense and defense does not strike fear into the hearts of their opponents by any stretch of the imagination. So they don't bite on certain like, looks they don't respect you know the deep ball yet still it's gonna be week 11 on offense like I know we'll get to offense but they just there's like literally zero respect they're kind of probably a laughing stock at this point especially for Vrabel I think who this is like a common coaching opponent situation who knows Matt LaFleur really well I think like you also get that juice where Vrabel's like yeah of course I want to go into Lambeau and beat my old you know buddy out there so you know the the most frustrating part for me two on this defense was they got some really big stops in key moments, right? Like they get a huge, you know, tackle for a loss on second down or a sack on first or second down. And yet it does not matter if you give up a huge completion on third down, everything you just did up to this point is moot because they're moving the chains. So like, it's almost like all of that effort is completely wasted. And all you're doing is just, gassing yourself because you're staying on the field this team it always makes it harder on themselves in some way like the defense is making it harder on themselves to get off the field i think the offense routinely makes it harder on themselves and we could talk about the offense in a few minutes but this defense like their timing 
sucks. They will get stops, but it's never a stop when a stop is needed. Like, and it's never a stop that matches up with the offense or with the special teams. Like the defense will have a huge moment and then the special teams will muff the punt. Right. Or, or last night, I think it's another example. And maybe Nagler tweeted about this or somebody. I don't know. Everyone was tweeting. I was trying to enjoy Twitter during the game because I thought maybe that it's the last time we'd ever get to enjoy Twitter during a game ever again. And I, I saw everybody saying, like, this team is the opposite of complimentary football. Like, they're, they're contradictory football. Like, Rodgers was playing great until his defense started to get stops. And then Rodgers couldn't hit a throw. It's like, because, of course. And I don't know. Maybe sometimes it's, it's just not your year. And maybe that's a certain way that that manifests. Like when it's not your year, it's not your year. And even when your defense does play well, then all of a sudden your offense goes in the tank. But this team always makes it harder on themselves and it needs to be. And their timing stinks. Their timing is terrible. If you like that conversation, uh, there's about 25 minutes more of that. Just search Pax What She Said podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Download and subscribe the same way you download and subscribe this podcast. Correct. The Wisco Sports Show podcast wherever you get your podcasts. That way, if, you know, you, you miss out on, on live moments, maybe you're busy, your commute is, is interrupted, something comes up and you can't listen, well, you never have to miss out. Just search Wisco Sports Show wherever you get your podcasts. A couple of texts to get to before our final break. 608-796-2558. Mikey Colorado follows up. Good. Says, thanks for your response. Sure, winning cures most things, but what if the Packers go winless in 2022? It's a realistic. It's a realistic scenario. You mean next season? I mean, they're not going to not win any games. Mike says, "I hope not." But practically speaking, can he withstand the criticism and pressure? And Murphy doesn't want to leave behind a bigger problem. Uh, yeah, I think it's with Matt Lafleur. It's about learning how to coach a different way. Right, the last couple of years, he was very much a, a front-running coach. He was leading from the front. He was, I, I think, kind of. I, I don't know. I'm not saying coasting, but. He got to Green Bay. The team was already good. He just needed to kind of bring in a new offense and I think challenge and re-energize Aaron Rodgers, which is easier said than done. So I give him a lot of credit for that. But he was more Phil Jackson than he was Mike Vrabel. I know those are two completely different coaching examples. It's not the point. You know, the last couple of years, it's been about managing egos, uh, managing a lot of talented players, keeping everyone on the same page. And now he's got to elevate a little bit. He's got to elevate his offense. He's got to find a way to elevate Romeo Dobbs and find a way to elevate some rookies and Sammy Watkins who stinks. He's got to deal with that. Now my Rogers is fumbling punts and injuries on the offensive line, which let's be real. We have plenty of evidence of Matt LaFleur just being terrible at managing injuries, especially on his offensive line, especially late in the year, right? Like when David Bakhtiari went out, he couldn't set his offensive line. And then last year in the playoffs, couldn't set his offensive line. Well, that's been going on all year. That's what's different about this season and past seasons is now he's... He's needing to set his own line every week. And he stinks at it, right? So Matt LaFleur is learning, I think, new elements of coaching that he hasn't dealt with in his first three seasons, and it's really challenging him. And I think it's it's damaging his ability to do other good things he's been good at coaching, right, things that he's succeeded at. He's been neglecting because he's attending to this or attending to that. I think Matt LaFleur is being challenged in different ways as a coach this season, and I think it's I think it's taken a toll. Obviously wins and losses, but it's taken a toll on how he's leading and how he's coaching. 608-796-2558. Take a couple calls after this last break as we go into the weekend. We'll listen to some Buffett. Fins up. It is Friday. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers lose to the Titans 27-17 on Thursday night football. Green Bay now 3-3 three and three at home. The Packers had 271 yards of total offense and converted half of their third downs. It's just that once again, they couldn't score points. Wide receiver Alan Lazard caught just 5 of 11 targeted passes and no touchdowns. They just stopped us on the first and second down with the plays that we were calling. Um, put us in third and long. I don't think they did anything too crazy as far as like manipulating us or anything. It's just failure of execution. The Titans rolled up over 400 yards of offense, 337 of that through the air. Tied in Austin Hooper with a 16-yard touchdown in the fourth quarter that put the game away. Yeah, Ryan threw me a great ball. I mean, we knew we were, what uh, what we were going to get. That's We knew it was going to be a bang-bang play like that when you run a skinny post into a uh, single high defense. So Ryan threw me a great ball low where I could protect myself. I knew once I had possession, my knees down at that point. You know, that's, that's the end of the play. Tennessee had five plays of 30 yards or more. Was this the Packers secondary worst game of the season? Jair Alexander. Yeah. I think it was. You know, it's just it's so much emphasis on stopping the run, you know. You know, those coverage busts, it just can't happen, you know, at this point. Running back Derrick Henry is convinced the Titans offense can carry them to the postseason. Just try to sustain every single drive, getting first downs, moving down the field, and eventually getting in the end zone. Keep focus on getting better and improving. You know, and I think as long as we do that, then everything happens where we want it to. So at 4-7, and seven, the Packers now have lost six of their last seven games. Matt LaFleur on losing last night at home after that overtime win against the Cowboys. To put on a performance like that, I don't even know what to say. Uh, there's nothing like a few days ago, um, and that's why you're only as good as your last game. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens. Best Packers coverage. Watching the sun bake. All of those tourists covered with oil. Wisco Sports Show fins up. It is Friday. Uh, if you follow the Facebook page for the show, Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on Facebook, I did post a Jimmy Buffett video that is different from the link that I just tweeted out. So we're getting many different forms of Jimmy Buffett content today on all sorts of uh, show channels. I had a friend text me today. He's like, what's your address? And I was like, you know, gave him my address. He's like, what's your apartment number? I was like, why do you, what are you sending me a bill? What the hell do you need? He's like, no, me and, me and his wife, we might send out Christmas cards this year. I'm like, oh. And then I got to think, we should send out a show Christmas card. Right? Not physically, because although that'd be really funny. No, it's just like, hey, DM me with your email, and I'm going to send out a, a show Christmas card and a Christmas letter. I think that'd be funny. I think that'd be really funny. We could Photoshop all the guests' heads onto it. Uh, we could write one of those little letters where it's like, oh, we're so proud of so-and-so. He just took sixth place in a karate tournament or something like that. I just think it'd be fun. So I think we got to do that. I think we got to send out a show Christmas card slash letter. So that, that's in the works uh, back here at the Wisco Sports Show headquarters. This weekend, which games are we going to be paying attention to? Cowboys, Vikings? That's interesting. The Cowboys should be pissed off. They let a very winnable game get away from them at Lambeau Field. But now they go into the Great North, U.S. Bank Stadium. Lots of artificial crowd noise in there makes it a difficult place to play. <laughs> Come on. It's true. 
That's not me being a hater. That's not me being a Packer fan. It's true. A lot of artificial crowd noise in there makes it a tough place to play. So that's a tough matchup. Maybe the Vikings emotional letdown after that Bills game last weekend. We'll have to see. I don't know. That's a little bit of a reach. I was talking with who called in and, and cited an emotional letdown. The Packers after the Cowboys game. Who was that? Was that Greg? He said that the Packers maybe had a little bit of an emotional letdown after beating the Cowboys. Look, Packers win their first game in five or six weeks and they have a letdown because of it. That better not be the case. There's something really effed up with this team if that's the case. It's like, oh, well, we got, we were feeling ourselves a little bit too much after the Cowboys game. How? You lost five in a row coming in. How are you going to tell me that you're emotional letdown game? But maybe for the Vikings, maybe for the Cowboys, it'll be interesting to watch that game. And then the Bears and the Falcons. No offense to our Bears guy, Jeff and lacrosse. I'm, I might I'm, I might miss that game. I'm not going to lie. What's the Sunday night game this weekend? Let's look at the schedule. I mean, look, with the Packers not playing, I, I haven't even looked at the schedule, what it looks like. Come on, give us a good slate. Last week was so great. Let's keep it going. Okay. Bills, Browns, Bears, Falcons, Eagles, Colts, Patriots, Jets, Saints, Rams, Lions, Giants, Ravens, Panthers, Commanders, Texans, all at noon. Okay, good. All those games suck. The three o'clock games, Denver, Vegas. Interesting, at least. Minnesota, Dallas. Hell yeah. Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. And then the Sunday night game is, all right, Kansas City, LA. I can get behind that. I might skip the noon slate. Well, I won't, but in, in spirit, I won't be dialed in on the noon slate. I'll be watching, but just because it's it's what I do. It's what we do. We watch football. But the three o'clock slate, Pretty good, pretty interesting, and then the Sunday night slate is excellent. Let's see if the Chargers have some life. And I thought I saw Keenan Allen was actually practicing this week, so maybe Justin Herbert will actually have a, a functioning adult-in-the-room type wide receiver. And up until this point, he is not, and that's why the Chargers have sucked. Doing bad. They've been a letdown. Not as bad as the Raiders, who play the Broncos. Watch the Raiders beat Russell Wilson. Come on, Raiders. Come on. Give it to us. Give us a big win, a big performance against Russell Wilson on Sunday. I want to see it. And then Sunday night, San Francisco at Arizona. I would just like to to put this take out there. I think I brought this up, but I want to make this an official take. I want to put this on the Wisco Sports Show record. I think San Francisco is the best team in the NFC. And I know they're not winning a lot of games, but I think they're the best team in the NFC. I think they're better than the Vikings. I think they're better than the... Eagles, Cowboy. I mean, the whole NFC East is interesting. I'd take the Niners over the Eagles right now on a on a neutral field. I'd take the Niners. I think the Niners are the best team in the NFC. Let's stew on that. Think about that as we are freed from the Packers this weekend. So they lost last night. Season's over. Father, I'm coming home. I'm done. I'm done with this Packers team. The season's over. I'm not going to stress. Let's listen to some Buffett. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you Monday. Good night.